This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 88, Promissory Notes, Part 2. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. But we could start our movie podcast with Movie Talk. Movie Talk? Where we talk about Toy Story 4 and how well, excited Neither of we us are. have seen it. <laughs> haven't seen it yet, but I'm, how about this? I'm about to draw a line in the sand right now, the Uh-oh. beginning of this episode, and say that Toy Story 2 is the best one. Yeah. Who, was somebody recently saying it's the worst one? Who was I around? Were Dude, you in that conversation? I, I keep meeting people that keep saying yeah. Toy Story 2 is bad, and that's wild. It is that's a Godfather Part out. 1, Godfather Part 2 situation. <laughs> where <laughs> where ob- it is far ob- superior. Obviously, Godfather Part 1 is great, and we all love Marlon Brando. It's great. Sure. But, um, part 2 is like, really pushes everything further, and, right. and is a lot more satisfying film. Yeah. And it's... It's the, I think it's just the more mature movie. It's less yeah. like, it's less like, yeah, oh, it's a cool gangster movie. It's, and it's more right. deeper invested in the characters. What and you're in the saying is Jesse and Al Pacino are basically the same. I'm saying that the prospector <laughs> is, it's golden them hills. One of the best movie yeah. villains ever. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 It, it goes two, three, one, probably. Maybe yeah. two, one, three. I don't know. One and three are like the same to well, me. Well, the, the Toy Story, Toy Story one is just complicated to talk about because I think it's just the, it's the least interesting one to go back to, but right. it was also like it's changed the most important movies one. forever. So right. like it's, you know, it's it, quite a tangent, but I have one last thing to add to the yeah. tangent, which is, have you to, ever to seen talk? the video of the person who took Toy Story 3 and in showing it to their wife uh, on like DVD. Oh, we're going to wait till we get it on DVD. They took and they edited out everything after all of the toys start falling into the lava. He had it fade to black and cut to credits. Oh, my God. (laughs) And so his wife watched it and thought it was the darkest of dark endings that a movie could possibly have directed towards children. And it's maybe the greatest uh, prank that has ever been pulled by anyone ever. That is so messed up. That is so messed up. Hi, welcome wow. to Space Cats Peace Turtles, yeah. a movie podcast. Uh, sometimes we up. talk about baking. Yeah, um, I hope you all enjoyed Movie Talk. Uh, that was the pre <laughs> the the new pre show for uh, for our show, Space yeah. Cats Peace Turtles. Um, Matt, are you excited about the live show that we've got coming up? I'm at freaking Gen Con. out about the live show. We had a good little meeting today where we covered some stuff. We're like getting it planned. This is like an, uh, the only episode of Space Cats Peace Turtles that's going to be planned like two months in advance. Yes. Um, Unless you want to consider strategy guides that way, but I don't. Sure. Uh, um, I, I'll say this. I think the Space Cats Peace Turtles live show is either the beginning of what will be a kind of tradition um, yeah. going forward uh, <laughs> or <laughs> or 
a one-off where uh, we got to make a lot of in-jokes. So right. it will be very in-jokey uh, for people that have been listening to the show. I feel like it's going to be uh, a treat, a kind of exploration of everything we've been doing uh, with yeah. Space Cats Peace. Everything that makes Space Cats Peace Turtles distinctly Space Cats Peace Turtles. Yeah. Like, I think... We're going to be playing the Twilight Imperium RPG, but the way I like to think about it is it's going to be set in the Space Cats Peace Turtles universe, universe. right? not the Twilight <laughs> Imperium universe. They are slightly different. They are slightly different. Barony. different. There's different barony. That's the yes, key. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so be excited for that. That's going to be really fun. Well, Hunter, what are we doing today, though? What's well, going on? Well, today we got to keep talking about promissory notes because the Galactic Council ordered us and we do their bidding. And we only talked about four last week, so it's time to quit mucking about. We've got 17 to cover today. Oh, joy. Uh, well, this will be easy peasy, and this there definitely won't be. Actually, I'll go ahead and say this. I don't want there to be a part three. Let's yeah. do it. Let's, let's get go. part two done. So let's talk about the faction promissory notes. First up, this is going to be the easiest. This is this is going to set the standard for how quickly we talk about faction promissory notes because first up is Arborek Stymie. As an action, place this card face up in your play area while this card is in your play area. The Arborek player cannot produce units in or adjacent to non-home systems that contain one or more of your units. If you activate a system that contains one of uh, one or more of Arborek units, uh, return this card to the Arborek player. That's the last time you'll ever need to read that text. Yeah, don't uh, use it. This is the this is number one. Uh, we we were trying to assign like market values to cards last time, and this is where it gets even more important because it's not like like with with generic promissory notes, the market value is the equivalent promissory note. Usually, that's kind of what it ends up being, or mm -hmm. something equivalent to that. With these, there's no equivalent. There's nothing like stymie. So what is stymie worth? Well, stymie is worth diddly squat uh, because you should never get rid of it. Yeah, uh, I I think I would put stymie in a category that would be like the market value is the game, basically. Right. Like, right. like it's I would only trade it if it was basically going to give me a surefire way to win. Right. Um, and who's going to pay any cost? Stymie doesn't do anything for the person who receives stymie. Yeah, it only hurts the Arborek, which means you're never going to sell it. For yeah, it's the like, game. well, the, I, I could see this situation coming up if it's like the players can't tell that you have a path to victory yeah. um, and they are maybe obsessed with stopping on the plastic front. So they're right. willing to make some trade with you that I mean, maybe this is a weird situation I'm throwing out yep. there. Uh, essentially, the, all you need to know is uh, it's bad. Don't trade it. Just don't, don't trade. Just don't. It. There's no it has no market value. You cannot pedal it. It's just it's not you're not going to use it. We got and let's move on because that's li that is literally it. This is the only this is the only one where I will say that straight up and down this is it. I think it's such Just a bummer too. It. I think yeah. it's such a bummer that Arborek doesn't have like a like a promissory note that kind of helps them out a little bit because I think they could right. use the help a bit. That their promissory note is like a you know a bomb that's going to go off and destroy their whole game basically right. or right. take away their their advantage. Yeah. I'm I. Is there any argument we can make for stymie at all? No, like I, I, I really don't think there is because uh, it's just it's too much. Let's break down why it's so bad. 
it, it's too effective to stop Arborek because every system adjacent to your stuff, if you're their neighbor, you can lock down basically everything that Arborek has. Now I say lock yeah. down. It, what I say, what I mean by lock down is they're not going to be able to produce out of it. Like, right. they, and that's their whole ability. That's their whole thing is producing out of the ground forces, and they don't get to do that. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to just absolutely crush one of their entire fronts, their whole right side unusable and if right. you decide to get more annoying and like come up on there like you can surround them effectively and like really hurt them more importantly you don't play this immediately so they could sell it and that person could then sell it to somebody else who can do even more impact so let's say you sell it across the table oh they're not going to hurt me with it they're way over there well all they have to do is now give it to your neighbor and they've completely stopped your game and they're right. going to do and, that they're high, they're heavily incentivized to do that and and because it's like a, a, a 5v1 type scenario they're gonna give stymie away to the best person to give it to and yep. it's not even gonna cost that person anything it's just gonna be no. like well obviously gonna it's give best it for all me. of us if i just give it to so and so for free because right. they're adjacent to like all of arborex stuff and there's really no way to stop that from happening yep. that's literally always gonna happen unless like the only way i can imagine is like if somebody desperately needed a stall because it is an action to play right. stymie right that's it that that's maybe you scenario. could be like all right, so you're across the table from me, and you need the stall, so I feel okay selling it to you. But I mean, good luck. Even then, yeah, yeah. good good luck uh, making that work for the entire game. Um, I yeah, I I feel like the stall potential, if there's not a lot of adjacency, is basically the best argument I can make, and that's a crap argument. Yeah, yeah. The th the thing about adjacency too is like it's weird because. There's a lot of rules that have to do with adjacency, but very regularly you are adjacent to everybody in, exactly. in every game. Like think about any time you've played with Mentac. Exactly. How often is it like, oh, well, Mentac is technically adjacent to everybody right now. Right. And and right. I, and this rule doesn't work the same way that pillage works, obviously. Um, but it's not that hard to be adjacent to right. a lot of like somebody's well, stuff. Especially because you have to consider the one system you're in is adjacent to six other systems. Yeah. So that's it. You can you can move one destroyer into one spot and probably hurt at least two Arborex systems. Yeah, at yeah, least yeah. two. Um, so it's just very easy to, to to crush them. Let's jump down to another uh, very very similar card, but not quite as um, definitive as Stymie. Let's talk about Necro's Antivirus. Yeah. At the, the start of combat, place this card face up in your play area. While this card isn't played, Necro cannot use technological singularity faction ability against you. This is where they kill your units and then can copy a tech from you. If you activate a system that contains one or more Necro players' units, return this card to the Necro player. The difference here for people is the Necro are actively using technological singularity in a focused sense. They're using it against you to copy some tech. Mm -hmm. Arborek are just building in general. They're not necessarily focusing it against you, which is why with Necro, if I give you antivirus, it means I'm making a deal with you alone to say, hey, I won't come to you for my tech. And depending on the faction, that might be worth a lot. If you're Jolnar, getting antivirus feels pretty good because it means, all right, he's just not, he has no reason to bother with me. Right. Um, well, so I, I also think of it more as being, a, and I, I feel like the way I've seen people use it more is it in a transactional sense, that it's literally yeah. like, hey, I'm going to attack you here, but to soften that blow, I'm yeah. going to give you technological singularity, or I'm going to give you anti antivirus so that I can't... Right, do this you know, again. Yeah. Let me get this one tech off of you, and then we won't do it again. I'll, I'll, I'll have 
considered this done. You know, especially early game. I think this is a perfectly good thing to do if it's like you really, really, really want to get gravity drive, but mm -hmm. you aren't looking to make that horrible enemy this early in the game. Giving this away as part of like, listen, I literally only want gravity drive because it's going to help save my game. I have to attack you to get it, but then it's then we're, we can be allies. I need a safe border here, so let's let's go from there. And I think that that is a pretty normal play. Yeah, I want to say that antivirus, I mean, it's not it's not used all the time. I, it's far from the most popular note, um, but this is so much better than stymie. Like this yep. is a lot, a lot better um, as far as like how it affects the Necro. It, it does give them a little bit of like diplomacy, which they basically don't have. They, they have right. no, they have no way to be diplomatic right. outside of antivirus really. Uh, and yeah. just, and just your own meta um, and your own table talk. But uh, right. yeah, I, I, I think antivirus is fine. I don't, what would you say though? It's hard to, to say what the market value is of it yeah. because generally Necro is going to want to like, it'd be weird to try and buy it, but I guess what would it be worth? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, honestly, most of the time, I really do feel like it's kind of the situation you laid up where you're almost giving it away for free mm -hmm. because... To soften the blow. You're softening something. the blow. You're softening the meta. This is a very... To, Necro has to play the meta like this. You're, you're mm -hmm. kind of reliant on... Uh, making sure you don't look too much like an enemy or leaning fully into being the enemy of the people or whatever. Um, alternatively, I mean, it can be like... You, you can attach, like, trade agreement, get, getting a trade agreement. I don't even think that's... I don't know. I don't know no. what you could earn. Like, you're already kill, You're hurting them to... to Or, I don't know. It's such an interesting one to, like, also, break down I, in Also, I got a question, sense. because at the start of a combat, does this include space combat and ground combat? Yes, it does. Okay, so... So, yeah, you can do it in either instance, and, and the timing well, of well, that no, makes no, no, it... Well, no, no, no. I mean, playing antivirus, is that going to cover you for the space yes. combat and the ground combat? Oh, does it cover you for the entirety of the thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's my question. Right. While this card is in your play area, well, you, you, you play it at the start of a combat. It is now a permanent ability, so it covers you for everything. Oh, right, right, The moment right, you right, play right, right. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see, um, I see. So, it's, it's, it's a permanent solution to the necro problem. Mm-hmm. Until yeah. you attack them, of course. Until until you attack them back, which is probably going to happen. So I don't know. I think it is. I think it is worth plenty. But I, I think a trade agreement is is good. I think there are a lot of uh, faction promissory notes that are probably worth an antivirus. I'm not really sure why you would shop for it specifically. Yeah. Because again, like if if you're if you have tech the necro once, they're not going to give you antivirus. Right. So it's really only going to come out when they decide, like, this is this is a time yeah. that I'm willing to now, not do it. Now, Jolnar could be making research agreement deals with Necro to, to make this antivirus thing happen. You know what I mean? Sure. I'll give you, I'll let you target one thing, we'll trade the antivirus, and I'll give you a research agreement. Now you're going to get two tech off of me. One of them, only one of them requires an attack. I like that because... Necro is going to get Jolnar's tech regardless. And this is just Jolnar being like, I just don't want to lose. I can't lose the plastic. I don't yep. want to. I don't want. I can't afford to, to lose the plastic early. You're, you're going to get it anyways. I can't stop you. And I would just rather you not be destroying my ships and, and killing my ground forces. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's let's talk about one more of these types. This These are, are all following under the category of cancel my ability. Mm hmm. Uh, promissory notes and so the next one to bring up is the mentac coalition 
Uh, the Mentak Coalition Promise of Protection is action. Play this card face up in your play area. While this card is in your play area, the Mentak player can no longer use pillage faction ability against you. If you activate a system by the Mentak, return this card to them. So this is canceling them from being able to steal from you. Yeah. Um, what's interesting about this one is uh, I, I kind of consider Mentak as like you're always sort of promising protection to people. And this mm -hmm. is just one way to solidify it. But like a a kind of meta aware mentak probably very often is saying things like oh well i won't pillage you this time for me right. as a mentak i'm kind of trying to get away with not giving this out this is the safeguard for someone who really 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 needs it but if mm -hmm. i can keep it from being handed out i will try to do that yeah i i go back and forth on promise of protection a lot uh like i i don't actually know whether it is smart to give it out or right you know because yeah it's kind of like what you're saying is like you can kind of accomplish this effect on your own and then mm -hmm. still be able to to do it but i i i think in in a weird way uh i think the can you pedal it question which these first two we talked about you basically can't really pedal them no uh, unless For one time uh, use by design basically yeah um, and this is also that way, but I, I want to take that can you pedal it. Um, I think Mentech should be willing to try and get something good for a promise of protection because right. people do want it. And if you pick the right uh, person to give it to, uh, if you get something good out of it, I think it can end up being better for you than it was for them. Yeah, basically. let's break down what I think is the most common deal that gets made and I, I i've heard people to have this debate before so hunter you and i are going to have the debate of is promise of protection worth hakan's promissory note trade convoys which oh. is, allows allows the mentak to now trade with anybody and gives hakan the freedom to not be pillaged from because nah. hakan's going to trade all the time so is is that deal worth it to you nah i don't think so it's it's <laughs> I don't see Mentech as having uh, a real strong desire to trade with everybody early game. I right. think it's get very important to note for new players, just because you if you gain tr trade convoys as Mentech, you don't get to then automatically pillage from everybody. It no. just means you can do deals with everybody, but you are not treated as neighbors with everybody. And I think right. people do mistake that. So it's it's really important to have that clear. No, but I will say this. Uh, it promise of protection is worth... A trade agreement from Hakan. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would it, do that. They're getting promise of protection for the entire. I'm game, getting all of my getting... six dollars up front. Yeah, yeah. I would. I'm, love I, that. I could make more from you over the yeah. course of the whole game, but will I? Or can I get in Hakan's way before I would have reached that threshold? It depends on the Hakan player too. You got to be like. It, it, that's not a useful deal against me because when I'm Hakan, I like to be what I've called monogamous before. I try to make mm -hmm. deals with as few people as I can. I don't like to make everybody fat and happy and do right. little deals with everyone. Right. Lots of players do though. And if you have one of those Hakan players, maybe you don't want to give them promise protection because they're going to do a deal with all five other players every single round. You're going to make five trade goods around. Or more. I mean, like it, it just depends on how it all comes out. Obviously, it has to hit that three threshold. But regardless, like you could probably make more money uh, by not giving this to Hakan. Um, but just depends. I don't know. Is it, that six dollars up front going to be worth it? Maybe so. It, it, it gets pretty complicated sometimes, though, because like if if you do have that type of Hakan, I want to make all the those pillage bucks off of Hakan dealing with everybody, and Hakan is the only one that really has 
the enough commodities to make deals with the entire table. Yeah. And so sometimes, I, depending on the style of a con, you might want them to have your promise of protection to encourage them to do that's what I was of kind of thinking. I was thinking that's like the other that's the that is the other logic is like I want to encourage Hakan to make as many little trades as possible because it every time I get I get one nugget off that. Right. Right. Is there anything so so the other thing that that Mentech does early uh these days is pillage off of SAR as they are right. making Expanding. their money. Um is there anything SAR can give you that's worth this? I wonder. I don't really think so, Not but I'm just wondering. really besides like I mean giving it to them so that they don't have incentive to to go through your slice, right? Like if the SAR is your neighbor mm -hmm. and there's certainly a, a world where they're like, well, I've chosen my target to dig through and it is you. I will have a bigger fleet than you. I'm going to crush you. Giving them promise of protection so that you're A, not becoming their target and B, not stealing from them. That is incentive for them to not do it. But that's hard to make a deal with. You're kind of just giving it to them. <laughs> So that they'll right. leave you alone. I don't yeah, know and, what you and, get. And also, from I don't like promise of protection for what for the for what you're describing. If I was mm -hmm. Mentac and I was worried that SAR was going to cave in, I no, I would want support swaps. I want sure. them to really have to think about it before yeah. attacking me. Whereas promise of protection, like the Mentac pillage ability, is only really devastating to SAR early game. By the mid game, yeah. it's not that big of a deal because SAR isn't taking. I wonder if I can get SAR's support for the throne for my promise of protection. Yeah, but see, that wouldn't even be That's good because then tricky. they don't have yours. So they, you you lose something for attacking them and all they all they lose is the ability to not be pillaged. So if anything, right. I think if you're Mentech, you want to do support swaps and promise of protection is not enough to kind of not quite enough. keep them off yeah. your back. So yeah, right. I, I don't think you, I don't think there is a place where you give promise of protection to SAR. I think the only argument for wanting someone to have promise of protection is like Hakan if they're that type of deal maker, or even a four commodity faction if they are gonna make a yeah. lot of deals with a lot of people. Because otherwise you're just losing money. Um, right. The other thing though is that promise of protection is a, a juicy, uh, I think a juicy uh, card that you could get if there is a specific faction promissory note uh, out there that you want. I think you could get it with with an early promise of protection. Um, yeah yeah and i mean i think you i think it might even be worth like you know it could be a weird like i think fires of the gaslight isn't like too crazy um it's certainly worth i don't a know research i've, got, I've got all kinds of other things to say about fires of the gaslight but sure but um, yeah i think the biggest thing is with all three of these notes when it's like a, i'm gonna cancel your ability it always comes down to more meta considerations than it does actual value yeah what you're doing is changing the board state. You're not just giving some sort of ability. You're you're changing our relationship, which means it's usually going to come out of some sort of relationship based discussion. Yeah. You know what? So. You know you know what I'm going to try next time I play Mentech. Uh, I'm going to try and get an early spy net from Isarl for Promise of Protection. Um, Interesting. Because I don't feel like Isarl very frequently goes the like I'm going to trade with everybody route. So it's just and also Isarl's like. I don't know, just by their very nature, uh, like probably the harder one to get adjacency to all the time anyways. Right. Um, and for that reason, I think it might be worth it just to give it to them for an early spy net that you then keep. And then at the end of the game, when they have clutch action cards, just spending it. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so let's talk about what I would kind of consider the last um, holy I'm going to stop your ability. Uh, they start to transition out of this after this one, but the Yin Brotherhood's Greyfire Mutagen is after a system is activated, the Yin player cannot use faction abilities or faction technology during this tactical action, then return this card to the Yin player. Mm-hmm. So this is the first one we've come across where it is a one-shot and you're done. You're not just stopping the Yin from ever doing their thing. You do it right. one time during this activation, and then you get then Yin gets their card back. So in terms of can you pedal this, you can try. Uh, this this is a card worth pedaling. It's not just a one and done thing, but it's also a tricky one. This one is always conditional, right? You never just like sell this one. I feel like this one always gets done when the move that needs it is happening right now. This is like yeah. I'm about to activate Yin space and I need to get Yin's thing out of this. How, what what can we do to solidify this? It's sort of like doing the trade agreement version of playing trade and like i don't want you to do any funny business so how can we make a deal where you don't do anything crazy this is how you approach a yin is like listen i want to take this let's work out a way to make this mutual but i need Greyfire mutagen to make sure you're not gonna uh, indoctrinate my ground forces but then why you know th- that situation that you're building why is yin is it like a situation where Yin needs to occupy the space but not necessarily take the planets? Like, why would you give them the... Right. The I don't... Well, it's... I, I think of it in terms of if I'm moving into Yin space and maybe we're making some sort of point-for-point trade. This maybe. is This is when I can consider I've used it before. See, um, I, I personally uh, feel like if I was playing as Yin, which I almost never do, um, mm-hmm. I would probably never give Greyfire Mutagen out because I think it has a stymie... Um, yeah, it factor does. to it, which is that the second you give it to somebody, they can now give it to somebody else and yeah. and even make money off of it, probably. Yeah. Right. And and it could come bite you in the butt. It could haunt you forever. And once you've yeah. given it to somebody, you open up. Even if you think it's like, oh well, you know, they're obviously going to use it in this act. There's no way to make that binding. Basically, that's impossible. There's right. no way to give somebody a promissory note and make it binding that they play it right now. Yeah. Um. So. I think you just kind of in, you leave yourself open to that Greyfire mutagen becoming a chip that that player can now use. Because generally, if you're giving it to them, then it must be because this is a situation where you can stand to have yes. this used. Meaning that if they decide like, well, eh, I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> and now I'm going to give it to so-and-so. And now it's a really big problem. Right. Um, I don't know. I yeah. I, that, I would that's say that's why this... I try to only use it in the moment and have a have some sort of reason for it definitely getting used in that moment. But you're right to say that's a that's hard that's a hard situation to come across, which is why you don't see Greyfire Greyfire mutagen traded very often. I don't yeah. think it is worth very much beyond like really weird positional stuff because that's really what it's what it's there for is like its main purpose is to stop. Uh, indoctrinate from happening so it has to do with either them invading one of your planets or you invading one of theirs and yeah i I don't know if i'm just trying to make a deal out of this outside of any context the market value is i don't know probably more than a trade agreement not quite a support for the throne kind of Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. um so it's just like it's worth a lot and they're probably not gonna buy it for a lot they probably don't want it that bad well i mean like unless you're on megatol rex they, they might want it out there, but they, they're not necessarily... I'm just mm-hmm. saying, like, in a lot of situations, if, if it leaves your hand, I've seen it travel yes. from, to oh, other definitely. players all the time. Uh, yeah. And 
I think I don't think it's a good idea to give it out. I think if if it only applied to like uh like maybe their ability to blow ships up, but not indoctrinate. Indoctrinate is just so important so to the powerful. yin thing. Yeah. Uh and the fact yeah. that this is not even like uh this doesn't even have like a like oh it this this assures that people won't attack me. Right. Um, it doesn't do this, that. This is literally supposed to be used against you uh in a very like obvious well it's defensive and offensive but right what i mean is if if you give it out someone could literally use it to plan a very specific invasion of right. like your home system and all of a sudden you can't indoctrinate and right. if, and if yin doesn't have indoctrinate they're not it's not like they're you know they're they're infantry aren't like better they're not like soul infantry where there's no. naturally better right. um and if they don't, if they don't have infantry too, then they might even be worse than what they're right. fighting against. So, uh, yeah, I think Greyfire Mutagen is not one to give out. Basically. It is weirdly unique in how much it singles you out. It's, yeah, it's more like stymie in that in that re- respect, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The the Necro and the Mentax ones do other things for you. They open you up for kind of like, okay, I don't have to worry about that neighbor. This doesn't do that. This is just like a one time. I don't have to worry about Yin. So yeah, it's it's a hard it's hard to convince someone to to get it it's hard for you it's not a good idea for you to just be giving it out willy-nilly it doesn't have Um, like a meta like it doesn't have the meta score that like promise of protection and antivirus both kind of carry exactly um somewhat similar to that uh, but i think quite different (laughs) is the sardak nors promissory note teklar legion at the start of an invasion combat apply plus one to the result of each of your units combat rolls during this combat if your opponent is the nor apply minus one to the result of each of his unit combat rolls during this combat then return this card to the nor player so the same sort of timing window except for exclusively for ground combat Mm -hmm. but that's the main reason you're using Greyfire mutagen is ground combat but this is uh this one is interesting because it doesn't only work against Sardak Nor, but it does work better against Sardak Nor. Sure, sure. And that's that's fun, but you see it for this one. If anything is like, this is probably the second most peddled uh, promissory note to to me. Oh, Uh, I I feel the opposite. I feel like people should be peddling it more than they are, and it's not getting... Well, okay. I I feel like it's so underrated. It is underrated. I guess that's what I mean, is it should be the second most. Yeah. Uh, Joel Nars is the most. We'll get to that. But Sardak Nor, this one, every time you're about to do a, gr- a ground combat, you should, like, if you're taking a planet from somebody else, you should hit Sardak Nor up. Because why not try to get plus one to that ground combat? Because yeah. pl- plus one in ground combat is huge. And Sardak Nor wants to only give this to you in the timing that you need it. So that's also something that's on Sardak Nor's shoulders is every time you see somebody else invading someone, hit them up. They want, they're probably going to want your note. They will probably pay you something for it. Um, and because you're going to peddle it so much, maybe it's kind of a low cost, you know, one trade good to give all three of your ground forces plus one. That's pretty yep. great. Yeah. Two trade goods probably is still worth it. Three is where it starts to get like, ah, I, I can't swing that. So I think it is a low cost card, but because you can trade it out all the time, you're going to make a lot over the course of the game from it. Well, you, you could try to, you could trade it out all the time if people were willing to trade it, but people like, I, I feel like people underestimate the power of a plus one in yep. it's ground huge. combat. It's yeah. it's it's a really big deal. And um, especially uh in situations where someone no like okay, if if you're giving it to someone in the timing that they're gonna want to use it, you can only give it to the active player, which means you can only give it to the player invading someone else. Mm-hmm. 
you can get a little clever here of if everybody's talking about invading so-and-so's home system, you can probably get a lot of money ahead of time if you get it to so-and-so before mm-hmm. their home system gets jumped on because mm-hmm. they want whatever they can do to defend their home system. Right. So you could probably get like five trade goods or whatever, get a support for the throne, um, especially if we're thinking about that situation. If everybody's trying to jump on someone's home system, it's probably because they have a win in their sights. Right. And if support for the throne puts you in range of a win, off, make that offer because they they might still lose that combat the person might still right. take their home system and now you're up a point and i think the player getting targeted might be willing to make that deal because it might be the only thing that saves their game yeah that's the kind yeah. of late game gambit that this promissory note can turn into so early game it's just like oh yeah worth a couple trade goods and then by the late game it can be the the crusher the final push you need to get support for the thrones or big you know money or whatever just all yeah. kinds of things yeah, I will say this though, you got to be a little bit careful. Like it peddling it I think is is great and and obviously when somebody needs it, that's the yeah. best time to do it. But but be careful cuz this does have an element of like kind of similar to Greyfire Mutagen where if it gets out there somebody might be like, "No, I'm not actually going to spend yes. this right now." Uh, and in fact, I'm going to sell it to your opponent so they can use it against you cuz against right. you I mean, that's really bad. It is you. really bad against you. And that I definitely agree with that. You you need to be trying to play small ball with this right Mm -hmm. it's like nope only give it to them as they need it right then and there and convince them that they will like definitely use it obviously someone can get cheeky and be like yeah i am gonna use it right now get it and then not play it yeah but more often than not they're gonna see the value in using it obviously don't try to sell it to someone who's like about to send five ground forces against one they don't need it and they're probably going to hold on to it if you try to give it to them because there's no need for them to have a plus one to their combat rules. Also, and I will stand by this forever, I still think that it is worth a research agreement from Jolnar. And it's not because it wouldn't be... If Jolnar didn't have the negative one, it wouldn't be worth that much. But the fact that this fixes a problem that Jolnar has, Jolnar mm-hmm. is always... The Achilles yeah. heel of Jolnar is ground combat. They yeah. always lose that. Right. Uh, and this, this Puts literally even footing, I would even give it out. Like I, if I was Jolnar, I would be fine with getting this even before I needed it just so that I knew that I had it. So no one can use it against me. Yep. I've got it. If I need it, I, I can use it to defend myself yep. right. uh, a little bit better. I can use it against people. And, and Sardak is so thirsty for tech that I think if I was playing a Sardak and Jolnar was like, all right, I want Teclar Legion. I don't even need to use it right now. I'm probably going to keep it for a while, but I will give you research agreement round one. I would have no choice but to say yes. I would definitely say yes. Yeah, I would definitely do that. And I Uh, I think that is Because it fixes both of their problems. It's it's both of them fixing their primary weakness. Yeah. And the thing is, people people playing Jolnar, I feel like, don't make that trade. Uh, and I have seen that bite them in the butt because they don't yeah. have any other way without getting, you know, if they get a morale boost, okay, sure. Uh, but that means every ground combat, you're going to need something like that to help, yep. to help you out. Um, yeah. It, you're you're going to wish you had it. And basically. you're going to get the thing about research agreement that I mean, we will talk about eventually is you just get to trade it over and over. It's supposed to pedal. You just pedal it. So like, yep. yeah, so what you gave it to Sardak, but then you got it back in round two, you can trade it to somebody else for more money or you could even yep. trade it round one again. People do that. Right. Right. Uh, so let's talk about, um, we're kind of getting to the last of the like take away a power thing. And this one is unique in that for one, for, for one round, the Nalu Collective Gift of the Prescience 
is at the end of the strategy phase, meaning after all strategy cards have been picked, place this card face up in your play area and place the Nalu zero token on your strategy card. You are the first in an initiative order. The Nalu player cannot use telepathic faction during this game round. Return this card to the Nalu player at the end of the status phase. So for one round, you are zero in initiative order. Mm-hmm. We have always said, don't give this out because it'll cost you the game as Nalu and you'll be handing the game to somebody else because they will be able to do it. Now, we've seen instances where this gets traded out. There are obviously caveats, but the general rule of thumb is if it's round one through four, don't sell this. That's that's not the scenario where it's worth selling. I have seen, though, I I have seen people basically promise the Nalu that they need it so that they can go first in the next round in the early game and, and be like, listen, like, I really have to and be able to, like, based on trust turn this yeah. card into something you can deal. Now, that uh, that obviously has to do with trust, and this is another right. one of those cards And I've seen where... that deal made and then immediately broken. So Sure. But, uh, uh, yeah, because that's there is no way to make that binding whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but I, I've seen that. I, I think, like, people are trying to make Gift of the Prescience more tradable than it is uh, and yes. get away from that kind of nuclear meltdown aspect of it. Right. Um, but but we've obviously seen scenarios where the Nalu knows they have it in the bag anyways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't need the zero initiative to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you are in that situation and you're going to or, or like you're going to get what you need to win out of selling it. Obviously, yeah, that's going to that's going to be good. But you need to have it pretty on lock. Like you, you need to have that guaranteed. Don't right. don't like do it on a risky whim that maybe you'll win. I, I don't yeah. think that's the way to, to do it, unless it is your only option, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a very it's a very juicy card. Uh and but the the thing is I would never really uh I wouldn't it it's a weird card because I would assume if I wasn't the Nalu that I can't get it, basically. That I right. can't buy it. Yeah. That's how I approach it is like why even ask them for it? There's no way I'll ever get it from them. But some players will so obviously ask for it but if you are nalu you should never give it out in my opinion unless unless the situation is obvious yeah uh i'll i'll say this if if i so like let's say i'm like trailing i might try and get gift of the prescience uh and maybe even succeed if i can just make the case like listen there's no way i'm gonna win uh in order to go for a like grab imperial with the zero type play where it's like i'm gonna try and swing round at the end with the zero token right uh, but obviously that's a very specific situation. And if Nalu can right. tell that's what you want to do, they're probably not going to give it to you, but I don't know. It's, yeah. it's a weird card. It's, it's too, it's too much. It's too much. Yeah. Uh, so that one is starting bridging our gap into, uh, copy abilities promissory. That's the last one where it's like, Nalu, you're going to lose that ability if you give up this promissory note. You will mm-hmm. lose it, someone else will gain it. Uh, from here on out for a little bit, it's all abilities where there's no downside to giving this out. Mm-hmm. It's all, I'm going to let you copy the gist of my one of my abilities. Uh, so first up, we've already talked about it a little bit, Hakan's Trade Convoys. As an action, play this card face up in your play area. While this card is in your play area, you may negotiate transactions with players who are not your neighbor. Uh, and then if you activate a Hakan's player's system, you have to get rid of this. Um, this one, I feel like everybody always wants. Yeah, I think it's a little overvalued, personally. I don't think yeah. that it's really that big of a deal to be able but, to... 
for certain factions, it saves your early game. Like it's like it, Arborek. Arborek might want this because if they didn't get trade and they need those money and they have no way to get adjacent to who had trade, if they can somehow get trade convoys, that can save their round one. It's just a weird situation that Hakan's going to be wearing to like or going to be all right with giving you trade convoys and creating like another partner when they can just right. deal with you there on their own. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think if not for the nature of the rest of Hakan, this would be a good card. Oddly enough, it's like, I actually feel like if, if a different faction could give out this ability that it would maybe make more sense right. because the Hakan gives us out and they create a, a kind of like rival when it comes to trading, yes. but also now they always have more commodities than them. I mean, your best bet is to give it to somebody with like two or three. Try not to give it to somebody with four commodities because then you're really giving yourself a rival. Right. But then like, why would they want it? Like, I don't know. It, I, right. It's one of those things where like, if you can get someone to buy it off of you, I think you should definitely take them up on that. I don't think Hakan loses a lot by giving this out. I really don't like, no, here's, he, here's what I do think you lose i don't think you should we've seen this happen i think it was in the tournament i don't think hakan should let this get into jolnar's hands i think that's a yeah very bad i agree idea. with that i agree with that jolnar being able to trade research agreement with anyone at any time is not a good way to stay in the economic uh advantage uh jolnar will fly ahead of you if that becomes the case I, I agree. I I, th I think we already see plenty of games where jolnar has e-res siphons and then like is beating hakan in the like gold game yeah right um so i mean yeah that would this would this is a bridge too far but basically anybody else i'm not too scared yeah. about it right um, um and really i would only... hesitate i would hesitate to give it to soul mm -hmm. as well for similar reasons eh, uh their promissory well, note why, is, why, why, can be pretty why? useful well we'll talk more about their promissory note but like the idea that i see soul players fairly often give out their promissory note pretty often but but the and try to get some money for it and if they can do that with anybody at any time it's a, it's an advantage that the federation of soul do not need yeah but the thing about the soul promise well i don't let's not get too ahead of ourselves but like they do have to coordinate their their command what i'm saying is that sure you yes, might be there's right a, there's an added level of here's complexity. here's all here's all i'm trying to say is with jolnar giving them trade convoys is like they're already maybe even gonna beat you at your own game and yep. helping them at all seems stupid Right. Soul, maybe yeah, they're like second place as far as like the second worst to give it to after Jolnar. Right. But the distance there between Jolnar and Soul is vast. Like, like yeah. it's not like Soul is just on the verge of being like a competitor in the way that Jolnar is, and then you give them this and it makes them, it really pushes them over the edge. I just think that they are also uh, going to get a lot of use out of this. But I think it's survivable because they have to, they have to coordinate military support with their uh, command counters basically yeah right, right. so uh, next up is the baronia letnev's war funding uh, at the start of a round of space combat the letnev player loses two trade goods during this combat round reroll any of your dice then return this card to the letnev player uh it's worth noting the letnev player does not have to have those two trade goods for you yep. to use this ability yep. if they have no trade goods you can still play war funding and gain this ability which means it's very easy typically for barony to control that and set up situations where this is a great thing to sell to someone at the start of a round of space combat right this yeah. this is another one sort of like the sardak note where it's like hey right now i'll give this to you for something so that you can have better luck in this combat coming up yeah um that being said a re-roll is not a plus one is worse than a plus one <laughs> 
Uh, A re-roll is no guarantee of anything, which means any any ability in the game that doesn't guarantee you anything is always very difficult to sell. Yeah. Because you can't guarantee it's going to do me any good. What's the market value of this? Like, how how do we even determine that? I actually feel like our market value, uh, like, for all of these cards is almost impossible to determine. It's more like just bringing in the idea. But, um, yeah, I think if you, because really market value has to do with how desperately you need this. And I can Mm -hmm. imagine situations where you're like, all right, well, I need all the help I can get. So we're going to try and get this war funding off of Barony, in which case you're probably going to pay a lot for it. Right. Um, There's, if there's any, like, I think basically this and the Sardax note are accomplishing the same thing and Sardax is better. Obviously, Sardax is ground combat. This is space combat. But my point being, you're coming to them hat in hand for the same reasons this one is worse by a lot, in my opinion. Uh, so it's you, it's just you know what's not funny be... too is in this situation you can't pay Letnev any trade goods for it. They won't or like want if to you do that do, deal. If you, do... right. if you pay them trade goods, you're just going to get them right back, and they're not gonna or they're going to lose them. You're not going to get them back, but the, Letnev will lose them immediately. So yeah, you can't. That is not on the table. A trade agreement could be of like sure. okay you don't want the money now you'll get the money later yada yada that's okay but yeah that's a very very funny point to bring up is you should never barony should never sell this for trade goods because that defeats the purpose doesn't make any sense um yeah i unless think unless it's three but i don't know who's buying war funding for three trade goods i think i think uh a letnev player might even just be willing to sell this early just to anybody that would be willing to buy it. But I just don't know yeah. why you would buy it. Yeah. I don't, I just don't see anyone paying very much for it again, because of the lack of um, assurance that you're going to, that it's going to do you any good. Yeah. Um, so it, I don't think you can pedal it really. I don't think like you're going to get, you can try, you can certainly try, uh, but it's just not gonna, this is probably one of the worst notes in terms I, of I, en- enticing others to want it. Yeah. No, everyone's think, just like, eh, eh whatever. I think if we did a promissory note uh, tier list, Barony's war funding would go in the like lower, like not the worst, the bottom tier, but the right. one right above the bottom tier. Right. Where it's you just might like, occasionally get some use out of it as right. compared to stymie is just bad. This is better than stymie, but it still is not especially useful most of the time. Yeah, it's probably not going to hurt you. You're probably not even going to lose those two trade goods if you use it, but maybe you would and that sucks, but it's just two trade goods. Um, well, actually, two trade goods can be a huge deal depending on when we are at in the game. But um, it's just not it's just there's not much conversation about it because it's just like, what are you going to get for this? Right. Well, let's talk about one that is uh, actually good, though. Yeah, let's talk about Federation of Souls military support. At the start of the Soul Player's turn, remove one token from the Soul Player's strategy pool, if able, and return it to his reinforcements. Then you may place two infantry from your reinforcements on any planet you control, then return this card to the Soul Player. So you get to do an orbital drop. Yes. Uh, for free. And and if the cards are right, it costs them a token. But if you're Soul, you're only giving this out when it's not going to cost you a token. If you're a smart soul person, you will you will give this out after you've already spent all your strategy tokens, and I think you will give it out pretty often if if people are paying the right price for it. Yeah, uh, I think it depends on... I, I'm a little picky, personally, about who I give this to. Sure. Um, I don't want to give this to any of my direct competitors as far as... Yeah. like The ideal for me would be like I'm next to a Jolnar, and 
I can give it to them because I'm not scared of their infantry that much. But I'm not giving this to like Yin or even Arborek. I'm probably not giving this to. Um, who else would I? I wouldn't give this to Sardak. Yeah, I, I agree. Any of your direct competitors uh, is it's not really worth it unless it's a high price. Um, but what's cool is that everybody wants to have more infantry on their infantry. planets. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, Jolnar is a great target for this, yeah. if anything, because they're very weak. They're always looking for something. So you could probably get research agreement for this. Yeah. Maybe. Depends on the Jolnar. Some Jolnars are a little bit close to the chest with that research agreement, which is smart. Um, but also, some of them are smart to give it out all the time because you can make a lot of money and this might be one of those things that's worth it getting extra ground forces on a on you know that expansion planet that is in a weak position mm -hmm. it's probably worth it and it's it's quite easy to not have to spend any of your strategy tokens in order to use mm -hmm. this especially early game it's very easy where you're yeah, that round one i we've seen games where someone gave out uh military support three times round one because it's after they had done all the secondaries they needed mm -hmm. and it was like all right who wants to uh reinforce those newly made expansions everybody oh i thought so cool here you go and that way this might be this is very peddleable because you might yeah. as well give it out for whatever you might as well get stuff for free yeah i mean it, honestly i see worlds where it's worth one trade good yeah because they're it's them sp i make that case all the time hey listen you're you're spending the infantry one dollar on two infantry anyways this is just letting you not have to do it in a space dock that alone is worth it now mm -hmm. if you you can try to get two but i just think people are going to be very hesitant to give you more than two um and See, two is probably I, the limit i think you do got to be a little bit careful though giving this out that much i think can bite you in the butt you don't want people because your advantage ton. is that you get your infantry to people or to places before they do and you have more yeah. of them so if right. you kind of give up that advantage by letting everybody else get a bunch of infantry uh that's kind of rough so there is here's what i like you gotta be careful i like giving it to everybody once i don't like giving it to anybody more than once here here's what i would do is i would just set a high pri a higher price for it than normal and trade it to somebody that really needed it like i would be like mm -hmm. this is worth a trade agreement and everybody scoffs but then, like, I, I target somebody. I'm like, listen, you really need this. Right. Like, you if you had two infantry there, like, really stress how good that this can be for somebody to get infantry out early and for in on, like, a forward planet. Uh, and then just really stress that and try and get a trade agreement. I, I think it can be worth yeah. a trade agreement. It, I think just it depends can on how you, be. How, how I think that's a hard it. sell. If I put myself in the other player's shoes, I'm pretty hesitant. I'm one of those people who I mean, be very hesitant to give up if a you're me, for two if, infantry. If, if you're me and you're mar trying to sell it, no one will buy it from me because nobody buys <laughs> anything from me ever, <laughs> no matter what I say it's worth. But uh, I, I think a normal person could probably sell it for something as juicy as a trade agreement, especially if we're talking about like a two or three commodity faction, not a four. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about another ability that is just copying uh, someone's ability. Uh, the extra uh, political favor is when an agenda is revealed. And now if you're reading your card at home, it may say after, but it has been eroded to when. It is in the when an agenda is revealed timing window, which is before after, which means it is not during writers. Just had to get all that out there. Mm -hmm. uh, then you remove one token from the extra player's strategy pool and return it to his reinforcements. Notice it does not say if able, like the Federation of Souls promissory note does say. Then discard the revealed agenda and reveal one agenda from the top of the deck players. Vote on this agenda instead. Then return this to the extra player. This is Quash. 
except mm-hmm. for extra has to have the strategy token if they if extra has zero strategy tokens you cannot use this ability uh yeah. which is important because then you could infinitely quash and that's ridiculous and it breaks the agenda phase so but more importantly uh this one is really interesting and i feel like we haven't cracked the code on political favor yet i feel like there's more to learn about what you can get away with uh political favor i'll say what i've been thinking recently is um i don't love quashing agendas mm-hmm. uh but i would much rather always sell political favor at the time timing window for quash um and because sometimes you probably do wouldn't mind quashing it but if you can get someone else to quash it for you by getting money for the political favor and pretending you don't want it that's going to be good now a lot of people are going to call that bluff a lot of people are going to say, I think you want this quash just as bad as I do, so you should just do it. I'm not going to pay you for political favor. Why? Why? Also, why wouldn't you just pl- pay them to quash? Because it's basically the same thing. I mean, right? you could do the same thing. I, I guess it's just all the same situation. Right. Um, but I, I, yeah, I guess that's a fair point. Of you wouldn't just be giving out political favor in that timing window. You would be making them pay you to quash. Yeah. Uh, if we're looking at it ahead of time, What's always great is if you played politics and you're looking at the uh, deck, I don't know, I think you can start to kind of wheel and deal with information ahead of time and maybe make money off of political favor. I think there's a world where that works. Um, in general, I just I think everybody always knows X-Child wants to get paid to quash, not to just quash. So this is, this is how you promise that for the future rather than it happening in the exact moment the agenda was revealed. Here's something useful. Let's talk about factions that we know that would probably want to try and buy political favor from extra if extra is willing to sell it. My yeah. first thought is ghosts. If I'm yeah. ghosts, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to get hit by those really bad wormhole agendas. Yep. And I think if I'm playing really careful and extra was willing to part with it for a reasonable price, right. I would maybe want to get political favor. Yep. Uh, Winu on Mechatol Rex. Honestly, anybody on Mechatol Rex, but especially Winu. Uh, y- you hate to see the the, the nuke drop. Mm-hmm. Um, the other big agenda I'm thinking of is economic equality, which isn't going to be faction specific then, but anybody who's like banking trade goods does not want to see that economic equality. So usually Hakan, probably Mentak, maybe Jolnar, lots of other factions can have a tendency to stack up trade goods. And if you're doing that, it's going to be very nice to have political favor in your pocket because getting hit with economic equality always sucks because when you're the only player at the table with a big stack of trade goods, you're never going to win that economic. Oh, the, the economic equality is already going to hurt you. That's the problem with economic equality is mm-hmm. you're losing your stack hundred percent of the time. You might get five back or you might get zero, but you're not keeping your stack. So quashing it is your only way out. Only way out. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. The other thing that Hakan can do though, which is just like try and buy a veto. So like you kind of got right. two 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 routes there. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think. But what's weird about this way of thinking is that it's kind of it's it's a deal you're making based on if something happens and yep. you don't know for sure. And and the right. other thing though is a situation where you would know for sure. Like let's say you you play politics, you see oh god, there's an agenda that is going to hurt me. Well, why wouldn't you just bottom it? Like why you got to. Right. So, like, it's kind of weird. There's not really a situation where you're going to have the foresight to know that you need political favor. Right. Um, yeah. What I was saying earlier is if I'm extra and I mm-hmm. have politics, I can look at those things. And if I see that bad wormhole 
uh, agenda, I now get to start, I get to bring it to the table with ghosts, right? I get to look mm-hmm. at ghosts and go, listen, I could put this on top. You can either pay me to not put it on top or you can pay me to get my political favor uh, or or some variation of that. But I think I think it's just that the political favor is an extra piece of ammo mm-hmm. in the in that gun of let's let's work out how to make this a deal. Um, right. So I, I think political favor is slightly increased in value if you are extra with politics because right. you can trade information uh, in a more valuable way. Yeah. Is it more on extra to put this out there or is it more on everybody else to buy it from extra? That's the part. I, I think it out. is on extra to put it out there because the thing is at the end of the day, extra is the one controlling how many command tokens they have in their strategy pool. So when I'm up against an extra, I'm usually just not looking for it because I just assume they'll probably have some and they can quash or they, or, or they won't or whatever. Like all it comes down to is they're the ones in power of actually letting this ability be usable. That's what makes this one a little bit unique. It's one of the few ones that you may never ever get the opportunity to use it because if extra never leaves strategy tokens in their strategy pool, right? But you're, why, you're but they, w- they wouldn't do that though. You're going to probably, wa- you're going to need to leave some tokens in your strategy pool almost every time because we, you, 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 um, you redo your sure your strategy cool, just tokens. before you go into the agenda yeah just phase. before you go into the agenda phase. So like you would have to be deciding that you're not doing any secondaries the next yep. round, uh, and that's probably not going to happen. Probably. But, so I'll, I still I'll, think it's on extra to try to sell it. I think in having this discussion with you, I've realized that I do not like this card, and that yeah. if I was extra, I would just would pretend I don't have it because right. just sell your quash. Yeah, like you 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 maintain a lot more control selling your quash. If you give mm-hmm. out political favor, what you're basically saying is my ability if it's if this is used at all, it's going to be used uh, uh not in my favor because if I didn't want it to go through, I would just quash it myself. You know what I mean? Like yep. so I'm going to have this used not in my favor and it's going to cost me a command counter I did not count on spending, uh which is weird. So I feel like for extra it costs too much. Like, like it costs me, if I'm the extra player, it costs me too much to sell this. Like, I'm like, well, this is, this has a high price for me because it yep. can be painful for me. And for the other player, it's a guarantee against something they would have no way of knowing is going to happen. Right. Um, and it's not even a guarantee, again, because you may not have and tokens there. at the maybe. same time, you can, well, so you can't actually have a transaction with extra when an agenda is revealed, correct? Is that wrong? Uh, no, you can. You can. So, what's why, the point? yeah, what's the point? I, it's yeah. it's a weird. This is. One to the, make. I think about this as as worse than Mentac's promise of protection. Like we said, with promise of protection, Mentac can just kind of orchestrate that. And like you're saying, you can just orchestrate political favor to always be in effect. Yeah. You don't need to give it out, and people probably won't buy it from you. So yeah, yeah. not worth a ton. Yeah. Uh, next up, the Embers of Muat have Fires of the Gashlai <laughs> as an action. Remove one token from the Muat player's fleet pool and return it to his reinforcements. Then gain your Warsun unit upgrade technology card. Then return Ugh, this card to the Muat player. That cost, it hurts That cost me. is really high. Losing a fleet pool is worse than any... If it were coming from any either of the other pools, it wouldn't be as bad. If it was a strategy counter, this would be worth a lot more. Yep. But because it's a fleet pool, you never know when they're going to pop that and when you're going to have your ships at capacity. So if you give this out, you now have to pretend you have one less fleet pool until they use it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise, 
this is going to cost you not only the command counter, but all the ships and systems that just went down below your fleet pool. Uh, so this one is a, is a high price, sort of. Uh, and it's giving someone a lot. Now, we've talked before on the show, probably during the Muat guides, about how it's also maybe not a bad idea to give it out if you can control that command counter problem because it might get the heat off of you. Mm-hmm. Someone else having War Sons, if they're across the map from you, maybe isn't the worst thing in the world. Uh, because maybe. right now, everyone looks at you as the person with War Sons, and that scares them, and they don't like you. Right, but also you're giving someone else war sons, which right. is so it's a not great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I don't know. I I I wish that Mua had a promissory note that was that you could pedal that was not so nuclear, basically. Yeah. Um, I feel it's like really sad to me that this is just straight up and down a worse version than research agreement. Yeah, Joel Nar could go research war sons. And give out research agreement before they research war sons, mm-hmm. and, and it's give it, the it's same it's thing. accomplish this exact same thing, and they lose nothing, and yeah, it's just it's really annoying that Muat got screwed over so bad here. Yeah, yeah, this would have been a really good opportunity to like give Muat a fighting chance. It, there's two okay, so there's two decisions that I feel weird about with promissory notes, and it's Muat and Arborek. Why did these did these two factions that right. Have are already getting dunked are, on. They're struggling. They're struggling. <laughs> they needed the help. Please be yep. nice to them. And they just have these like kind of meanie pants faction promissory notes. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's really rough. Um, um, I hate it for Muat. I always wish there was a way to get this out there, but that threat of losing your fleet supply is always bad, and it's never good. And also, here's the other problem with it. People aren't going to pay a lot for it because... They have to consider what's it going to cost me to get the War Sun tech, and then I have to spend twelve dollars on a War Sun. Mm-hmm. I can't give you five dollars for just the tech. Yeah, that's just too much. Right. And it's so it's 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 not worth very much. Which means, is it worth Muat giving it out? If it's going to cost you one command counter and fleet supply, in theory, it's worth two to three trade goods, right? Because that pays for the command counter. Mm-hmm. I just don't I don't even know if people will buy it for three trade goods. Yeah, I mean I think I think if I am Mua and I'm doing very well in command counter economy, which is yeah, uh, rare. I mean, that's cool, I guess, if that does happen. <laughs> you but did uh, it. yay. Um then yeah, maybe I sell this. But I still kinda want I mean, I want to be paid for it handsomely. I want yeah. I want a, you know, I want four trade goods. I want you know, I want maybe six trade goods i want a lot of right. trade goods for it. i don't exactly want... i want a lot of money for this very valuable tech but it, co- then... it costs me a command counter from fleet pool which i guess if i plan for isn't that big of a deal um, i think the other problem is this card is as weak as war sons are because yeah. anyone who's trying to buy this has to make the war sun argument to themselves mm-hmm. part of the war sun argument is well it takes a long time to go down that path and you're cutting that out so that's great but it's still expensive and it still is going to die to a direct hit very 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 easily so, what would at you, what point is a war sun not worth it? What's the market value of this round one? That's kind of what I'm interested in right now. What would what if Hakan was like? I'll, give you, you my, I'll give you my your, trade agreement. I'll give you yeah. my trade agreement for it. Well, would you give it out? Uh, I mean, yes, because round one, I'm in no threat of the fleet pool thing being yeah. a problem. I have three fleet supply. I have one big ship, and that's it. So round one is the best time to give this thing out. 
but it's also when people have the least to give, sort of. I do think you have to think about it of, it needs to be a faction promissory note for a faction promissory note of value. And it needs to be something that's going to save your round one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if that's, if that is the Hakan or, or a four trade good uh, trade agreement, from the person who's going to play trade, you know, if you're, if you're going to guarantee yourself $4 for a carrier and two more infantry, mm-hmm. I think I'd give out fires of the gash light. I think I would, uh, because my round one is so very, very bad. Yeah. I think people are going to disagree with that, but I think that Muwat has to make tough decisions like that to save their early game. God, um, I can, so I can't, if you can, if you can make a good round two for yourself, fires of the gash light I, is worth it. I can't believe we put ourselves in a position where we're going to have to write another Muwat guide. Basically, <laughs> I can't believe that. Don't worry, I will. I will shoulder that burden for you. Yeah. Oh. Son, oh. Yeah. That, that's a little reveal. Uh, that's I a will little not reveal. be. Th- I will not yeah. be writing the Muat guide. I don't know. I if, feel like without revealing it, we revealed that. That's yeah. been revealed. Surprising <laughs> no one. I will never. I'm never playing that faction again. I yeah. don't care. That's that, okay. You'd ha- you'd have to do another. You would have to do another Space Kitty episode in order for, to make me do it. And and uh, I I hope to God that nobody does that. Let's talk about the guide I'm not gonna do and you're gonna do. Yes. By talking about the Ghost of Creus Creus IFF promissory note at the start of your turn during the action phase, place or move a Creus wormhole token into either a system that contains a planet you control or a non-home system that does not contain another player's ships. What a then funny return this card. What a funny note because this one is for you. It's like it's like you you want them. You don't want you just want to give this to people. Yeah. This is the only note where you will give this to someone for nothing. Uh and uh with strict instructions of how you want them to use it. This is your this is what this is is one of the rare cases of a promissory note that is an ability that you don't get unless you get your faction tech. This is your faction tech. Uh, and it's better than your faction tech because it happens during the round instead of during the status phase, and you can do it whenever, uh, more or less. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this one is the most interesting promissory note in the game, to me. Uh, for that reason, I love it. I love trying to pedal it. I love trying to make use of it. Uh, it always sucks when someone decides to hold on to it against my will. Um, right. <laughs> because I love trying to use it in weird, wacky ways. Um, that being said, in terms of it's nice that it benefits you because it's probably not worth much by itself. It's mm-hmm. very rarely worth anything unless it's like an end game scenario where everyone's like, we have to stop the barony of ghosts. Give me that promissory note so that we could put the alpha wormhole adjacent to barony's home right, system right, so that we right. can jump on them. That's like the only situation where the table is looking to you for help with this uh, promissory note. But yeah, it's funny. Cause I feel like I almost want to say, can you pedal it? Yes, you should pedal it, and the market value is zero. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, it exactly. it's not. <laughs> Who cares? The market value is the fact that you're getting to move these wormholes around in ways that probably benefit you. The thing about it, too, is even if you're giving it to somebody else and they're using it to their benefit, it's it is not. probably it's, still it's benefiting yours. you. It's to it your is benefiting benefit. you. No matter where that wormhole goes, unless it's inside a supernova, you're probably benefiting from it because you just want wormholes everywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that even if they think that it's helping them, it's actually probably going to help you, especially if we're talking early game where it's like, who knows where you're going to want to get to. Yeah. So even if they are like, oh, all right, well, I'm going to put it right 
next to you. I'm gonna put yeah. it in your slice. I'm like, I cool. love it. That's a that's a place <laughs> where I get a plus. Like, there's you can't. That's what I pay. I literally pay people to do that round. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's where I pay. I give you Kratos IFF, and I give you two trade goods, and I say put this on New Albion Starpoint right in front of my Kratos gate. I want it at the center of my pie slice. Will you please do that for me? Yeah. If anything what you want to do is to try and not have to pay somebody to get them to use it. Right, the market right. value trick them like, into putting it where you want it. <laughs> the market value is negative two and you yeah. need to try and get it up to zero. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I would, I would try and get away with not paying people to do it though. I, and I would, I would go with that. Like place, play like just kind of do it amicably. Like my, my yeah. discussion would be something like, Hey, I want to give you Krius IFF. Uh, I'm not going to tell you where to place the wormhole, place it wherever you like, but you know, regardless of where you place it, it's going to be good for me. Um, and I, what, you know, here's what I would like, obviously. Um, but I want this to be good for you. You know, you just like, look at them, see who has a wormhole, who has yep. Quan or Lodor, and then right. just basically be like, do you want to make where that a go? little bit juicier? Yep. And, and it is a, it is an early game card. We should note that it's a lot easier to use when people don't have their ships everywhere. Right. Because you can't, they cannot put it somewhere where they, uh, where other people's units are. It's got to be a planet you control or a non-home system with no player's ships. Yeah. Uh, so for you to use it to your advantage, you have to think about it in a really weird way because you can't let your stuff be there before you try to get them to put a wormhole in your favor. Mm -hmm. So then later game, it's like, it's probably only useful for them if you're thinking about it that way. It's right. going in their slice probably right. in the late game. Whereas early game, you can get funkier with it because it can go kind of anywhere. Isn't it cool that it turns out I'm a ghost boy? Yeah, and it's weird how that came around. We we uh, we, we switched places there yeah. uh, when it came to ghosts and uh, Muat. That was basically the trade, wasn't it? I don't remember if that's exactly how we worded it, but like you were like, "I'm getting rid of Muat. What is it going to cost me, <laughs> or whatever?" Mm -hmm. And it was like, "Well, I don't want Creus anymore." Yeah. Um. So let's talk about another one that's kind of like this, which is the Isarl's spy net. Talk about things where you're earning the faction tech and not a faction ability. Isarl's mm -hmm. Spina is at the end of your turn, look at the Isarl player's hand of action cards, choose one of those cards, and add it to your hand. Then return this to the Isarl player. So you get their, uh, I'm going to forget which one it is, their, their Magion implants, right? Sure. Or is that Transparent still playing? Nope. I don't ever remember. Magion Implants, Magion. which is their like very late game tech. Uh, so getting that ability is pretty awesome. Yeah, I think this is one to try and get from the Asarl if you can. Uh, yeah. Because if you Did can... I say at the end of your turn? It is at the start of your turn. I do not oh. know why what I typed out had end. Uh, let me please errata that. Asarl, Spinet, at the start of your turn. Yeah, At the end yeah. of your turn makes no sense. Yeah. Moving not, on. Not at all. Um, yeah, I, uh, I think this is... So, like, we've seen Isarl use this in some interesting ways where people use it to sell. They use it like like they're using Hakan's ability to sell action cards where they'll be yes. like, all right, so I want you to take this specific action card if you agree right. to just take this one. So that's interesting. I think it was Schroeder was the first person I saw do that. Yeah. Um, pretty cool way to use it, and I think the market value of it increases if you can get people to to do it that way. Um, it... It is going to cost you something if you just want to deal it out the normal way in that, you know, somebody might hold it till the end and then yeah. at the end use it and it might really hurt you. Right. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I I, I think this is I, one of the better like uh, faction note cards as far as like how much it's worth. I think it's worth quite a bit. 
Yeah. Well, that's the that's the thing that makes it interesting to me is I feel like I only ever see it used in that cheeky way. Yeah. Um, I very rarely see a sorrow who's just like, ah, I need to get out of a tough spot. I guess maybe my spy net, is that going to be worth it to like not have this bad thing happen or whatever? That's occasionally the case, but more often it's like what you're describing of. I need to get a card to somebody and the only way oh, Hakan's not in the game so I got to do it this weird funky route you know what you know when I would use it I would I would sell it if I'm a Sarl and I'm looking at my hand and I'm like this hand is so good like it does not need to be this good like I don't yeah. even like I right. I if there are times when you play a Sarl and your your hand gets out of control and you've got like three sabotages or something crazy right. like that. And then like right. several other, like where it's like, I don't even, this hand's so good. And I don't even know what of this I'm going to need. And yep. I'm definitely not going to need all of this. Time so, to make some money. Yeah. Let's make some money. Let's get something tangible for this. Cause there, you know, every action card you don't use by the end of the game as a sorrel is that was a waste that you had yep. that. Like you right. didn't need to have, well, that, it wasn't completely that. a waste because you had it, meaning they didn't. So that's not right. bad, but that's true. But I do think uh, that you can loosen up with Spynet if uh, you can kind of let your hair down with it. If yeah. you just have an immaculate hand, I will say I don't. I I find it very hard to think that way uh, when I'm mm -hmm. playing a sorrow. I'm a little bit more on what you were just saying, which is just like every card I have is something they don't have, and I want to keep that. Even right. if I'm not using the utility of all these cards, at the very least, someday they will be worth a stall. Right. I can just stall with it if it's not very good, and if it is good. I don't see any reason to give it to them unless they're going to pay top dollar. And I think it's just hard to get top dollar for most action cards. There's a few that obviously you could get a lot for, but then they're getting a very good ability. So. See, I actually think it's smart to pay top dollar for Spynet because there's nothing. It's so like for sure by the end of the game is Sorrel is going to have a card that you cards. need. Yeah, so like for sure. you, you know, you're going to get something really good out of it. You might as well like, try and get them to yeah. give it to you you know i mean what you should try to do is try to get it for cheap early game and then hold on to it till the late game and wait for asarl to kind of prune a nice little deck and then use it against them i just don't know why asarl would give it out early um i i, I mean i them. i would give i would give it out for like six trade goods maybe that's a lot or early I game i don't i can't imagine i would buy it i i'm not that i'm not that player i don't think i'd buy a spy net for six trade goods yeah it's what's weird too is that a lot of the factions that maybe have the money to buy that are probably just gonna have really good action card hands anyways too right so i don't yeah. know it's 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 a weird one but also what's cool about spy net is it's kind of a defense against magion too because it's right. basically saying like hey You're if, steal you, it, if, if you steal my right if you steal it i'll steal it back or or maybe i won't even steal it back i'll take something you know worse from you right. so like i think i could maybe see myself using it in that way of just being like, listen, I'm not going to magey on you, and this is how like we'll we'll submit right. that deal is you give right. me something for Spynet, and I'll give you Spynet. Yeah, it's like a promise of protection in that way of just like let me give you this, and you don't have to worry about magey on. I mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. uh, that requires up, that that's some trust right there. But anyway, yeah. Next up is the big one, uh, but we've talked about it enough so far that I don't think we will have to actually talk about it that long, is the University of Jolnar's research agreement. Uh -huh. After the Jolnar player researches a tech that is not a faction tech, gain that tech, then return this card to the Jolnar player. It's worth noting that Jolnar buys two tech per technology pop. They can sell this in between those two techs, so they could, in theory, ha give away research agreement twice per time that tech is played um there's also the the uh action card that lets you research tech this can also pop off during agendas there's all sorts of opportunities that jolnar can try to sell this and you can probably sell it for a 
decent amount because there's a lot of players who very badly want specific tech, especially this, early game. This freaking note is the cherry on top yep. of the ridiculous Sunday yep. that is the Jolnar. It's like they have so many advantages already, and they really yep. needed the best promissory by far by a country mile (laughs) by a country mile it's the best yeah Uh, it's so good Uh, what can you get what's the market value boy uh like all kinds of things it's just uh, all it depends on the faction and and you you pedal it so i mean just like just be smart about setting your price for it but also you can come down you can sam walton this stuff you can come down (laughs) you you really could like it's like well like i think my, my research agreement play is uh what is it worth well what do you have yeah you know? exactly i agree it's, completely it's gonna yeah. i'm gonna be kind of a bernie sanders about it and just kind of like <laughs> what do you let's do some sort of proportional based on your income well you know yep. if you're poor then it's not gonna cost you everything right it's gonna cost i you want something. you to buy it more than anything more than yeah. i have a set price for it i just want you to buy it and use want it you right away it. yeah and yeah. everybody uh, wants and you it. And what's interesting about this one, then, is it makes you make funny little games of chicken with what tech you end up buying. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want people to want to use it because you want to get it back so that you can sell it again. So that's yeah. why you try to sell it out before you get uh, hypermetabolism because, yeah, it's fine if one person gets hypermetabolism at the same time as you, as long as you get that card back and can sell it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing for things like Gravity Drive. Uh, I don't know the, the the different factions that really want transit diodes. That's kind of like a funny little thing that happens to some people. Is transit diodes is very important. Dreadnought two is a big one. Like keep those key tech in mind, and like you really do want to use it on those because nobody's gonna use research agreement to get Majin unless it's the last red they need to accomplish an objective or whatever. But in most situations, you need to like tease them with some juicy tech so that they will use it and that you can sell it again. Yep. Yep, and just, yeah, over and over. just and you're going to make way too much money, and it's going to be disgusting, it's and everyone disgusting. will hate you for it. So you might run, honestly, this is the thing, too, where the meta, depending on your group, the meta might turn against you. You might start getting people that refuse to buy it uh, because, just because they 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 don't want to play that game. It's yeah, like how you and I used to treat no, Hakan. There's, there's, but that doesn't, it never works. There's always somebody. <laughs> there's always somebody that needs it real bad. Like, if I'm yep. Sardak, and you come to me round one as Joel yep. Nar. You, I'll give you it. What I'll yeah. give you anything, please. <laughs> whatever you want, man. <laughs> uh, wh- whatever you need, that's fine. You can have it. Uh, next up is the Clan of Sars Rogs Call. After you commit one or more units to land on the planet, remove all of the Sar players' ground forces from that planet and place them on a planet controlled by the Sar player. Then return this card to the Sar player. That's uh, another funny, one of those ones. Funny old one. I I don't feel like we figured this one out. No, no. It's just weird. Uh, like it it. I, d- I don't want to say it's just straight up bad, but it's probably just straight up bad, and you're not going to sell it to people. I just, pe- I just think people haven't really figured out when's a good opportunity to really use this. Right. Um, like, it seems kind of obvious, like, well, it's obvious when you would do that. But, like, if I'm taking planets away from SAR, why do I also want to be nice and, like, not kill their yeah. ground forces like if I, right. if I can already win but but then if the if the inverse is true and it's like well i actually can't win then why, why would Sar Sar giving out? up the yep like so it's like you're making a deal for a planet basically right it could be like a control objective thing like if i'm making a deal with sar to get this planet for a control objective i could yep. see that and then, and then yeah and then you're like solidifying that but that's a very specific um 
deal that yeah. doesn't happen based on the fact that this is SAR. You know what right. I mean? Like An- another specific of- one I can think of is the is the um Mechatol Rex situation. If yeah. SAR is parked on Mechatol Rex or whatever and they're going to retreat out of the combat. I mean, in most cases, here's the problem with it, is in most cases, if they're retreating, if you're, like, making a deal to take these planets, they're retreating ships away, and they, they're they going to pick up their ground forces when they retreat. It's not a problem. Uh, but it's just rare for SAR to have a planet with a bunch of ground forces on it. Yeah. If they're a happen. really smart SAR player, they'll have, like, one ground force on every planet. And so then all you're doing is moving one ground force. And so it just doesn't feel like much. So like this is very, very rarely worth hardly anything. And if anything, I see it more often as something SAR offers for free so that they don't lose their ground force. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the only situation it's used is like you're bringing three. I only have one. You're going to win. But do you want to reduce the risk of you even losing one of them so that I also don't lose one? I will give now you this for that, free. Okay, okay. Well, maybe we should say this because maybe... The key to this card is you, because I think you paying, like, let's say I'm like, I'm going to give you Rog's Call and a trade good. Even to save one ground force, that could be worth it sometimes. If I've got excess trade goods yeah. and I have a the perfect place to put that ground force. Yeah. Um, who gets, wait, so remove all of, and then place them on a, so they play. So that's kind of, all right, never mind. You can't yeah. use it in that way. Right. The opponent places it's, it's, it. Right. It's hard to hard to use it. It's just because you don't they're gonna put it somewhere not useful or they're gonna I don't know. It's just it's just a weird one and you'll probably never make money off of it. That's yeah. how I think about it. I just yeah. when I have it, I don't think of that as one of my money makers. My money maker is my basic ability of I'm gonna take that planet back later and I'll get a trade good for it. Yep. Yep. Uh next up is the Winu acquiescence at the end of the strategy phase exchange one of your strategy cards with the strategy card that was chosen by the winu player then return this card to the winu player this one is most often used when winu gets imperial because they're sitting on mechatol and you get an opportunity to take that imperial away from them so they don't get to score the point Mm -hmm. that's kind of the gist of the idea of this one uh that being said it's a really tough one for winu to give out but because winu is such a desperate faction it's probably got a value depending yep. on the player yeah i will sell acquiescence if i can save my round one or save my round two or save my round three because See, all three of those rounds are probably in a lot of trouble that's exactly what i was going to say is that i i think this is an early game when sells this hoping that they just get blocked uh once or like early in the, or in, or mid game yep. from taking imperial right um but the other thing that's scary about it is that this is this is also one of those things that could get traded around and like the the value yeah, of it could it, fluctuate after yeah. you give it out. Someone like, else is going to make more money off of it than you are going to make off of it. Yeah, because if it's somebody that like really wants to get Imperial, they're going to be looking at it like, oh, I'm buying Imperial and yeah. uh, and also blocking the Winu. So I don't know. It's uh, it's a scary card. It's not as yeah. nuclear as muat or or arborek no actually right. it's more nuclear than muat probably it, it yeah. probably is costing you more because this is literally costing you points most of the time right um but i i i also wouldn't see it as devastating as gift of the prescience right it's weird to play against this too when you know someone else has it you start thinking about like well do i want to take the thing that's most useful for me if it's also most useful for them or do i take my second pick because i know it's not quite as useful for them yeah. Right. Do I do I give it to Joel Nar 
And now I start taking tech a lot because Jolnar like doesn't care if I have tech, so they're not going to use it on that. But that's like not a good headspace to be in. That's not doing anything. That's not forward progression. <laughs> that's just like you're getting too gamey on your own when you don't need to. I think you just should take what you were going to take. You know what I think is the good way to try and use this uh, is to sort of use it to get outside of the, you know, the speaker token deal. Right. So let's say I'm Winu, I'm the speaker, and I don't really need it. Let's say it's like round two and I'm like, it's not yeah. very important for me to be the speaker right now. Um, what could I get out of making like the person in, in the, in last, like last pick right. or fifth pick yeah. get speaker or uh, be able to pick whatever they wanted? Well, I'll tell you what I think is the actual normal situation you're describing mm -hmm. is I have speaker and the player to my right is going to attack me because I have empty planets. I almost definitely have my home system <laughs> empty or mm -hmm. one of my mm -hmm. other planets. I, I don't have a big enough fleet in the beginning oh, to yeah, protect your, all your, my stuff. Your massive fleet is Yeah, not... your massive fleet didn't didn't turn up, and so your neighbor gets to extort it out of you. I think yeah, that's what happens. That's they true. threaten your home system, and you go, okay, fine. Here's acquiescence. Go away. Mm-hmm. God, that's, um, that's a I, I don't know what other I don't know just selling it I don't know that you want to sell it I think you save it to pay someone off I yeah. think that is the value of it is you need that protection you need this to save yourself uh, and, and I think a decent amount of players will call off their shot if you give them this uh, now the problem is you only get to do it once so you better reinforce that thing on your next go around but uh, mm -hmm. it, it, it's like a ceasefire it operates like one ceasefire. You yeah. can stop an attack that is being threatened. It's a kind of a sad old card, really. Yeah. Even the name, it's kind of, you know. <laughs> Acquiescence. <laughs> well. Acquiesce. Mm -hmm. In more ways than one. Yeah. Uh, and our final card is another weird one. I think this is the weirdest note. Uh, the L1Z1X have cybernetic enhancements. At the start of your turn, remove one token from the L1Z1X's player's strategy pool and return it to his reinforcements then place one command token from your reinforcements and your strategy pool then return this card to the l1z1x why though why <laughs> why, why is this l1z1 this is the ability that dane wanted in the game and ran out of factions to give it to so l1z1x already had harrow already had great abilities already had a good start it was like you know what just give them this weird one this is the mm -hmm. last one i've got mm -hmm. left the last idea i had um it's really hard to use. I love selling it, but it's tricky. It's just tricky. Um, it, and it usually bites you in the butt, honestly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, L1 is not known for being especially ahead on command counters. Yeah. If, if this was Necro's ability, right. it would, would be, be kind of awesome. cool. That would actually be really cool. Um, now, I, obviously, Necro's ability, or Necro's promissory note is kind of perfect thematically for what they yeah. do. I'm just but, really surprised that this promissory note doesn't allow someone else to use your ability to take over a space doc or PDS. That would be a note of some value. Yeah, someone that, gets that would to, be crazy. to steal PDS. But and, there's already that docs. action card that lets you do it. Right. So maybe that's just that ability being in too many places. That's, that might have been the discussion. Um, yeah. yeah, it's hard because it's all restricted to the strategy pool. Like if it was just like token for token, like... Yeah from wherever to wherever or like if we included the tactic pool or whatever. Um, yeah. So, I mean, but I think, I think, I think this is one of those ones where if you're smart and you're thinking about your resources all the time, you might be like, wait, I've got, I mean, I don't need this command token right here in my strategy pool. I wonder who would buy it off. Right. Me. Like yeah. I, if you just realize you don't need it that round, 
sell it. Like somebody yeah. probably needs your strategy token right. in the middle of the round, but it's yeah, not you can something... get the right price for it. It's three not... trade goods is probably worth it. Sure, um, and they'll probably buy it for that much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go below three trade goods because no. you're technically losing money. But right. But and I don't know. I go back. I don't necessarily agree with the whole like kind of magi way of looking at it. No, I I don't either. But it it's I think it's an okay baseline, and in this instance, it does help keep yourself a little bit protected. I just mean um, if if I it, like sometimes it's worth it just to change the currencies, right? You know, like, yes, like turning right. turning the command counter into trade goods. Well, now it's a more malleable currency, and right. even though I only got two trade goods out of it, uh, now they're in the universal. You know, I can use them for anything. Right. So. Right. I got them in the pot now. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, it. We did all 17. Yeah. Uh, yep. Let's do some superlatives real quick. I don't think we have to like really sit here and have like debate club about all of these. I think we're going to just have opinions. But because we've already broken down all these cards, I think it's going to be kind of obvious why we feel certain ways. Yeah. Uh, but we've got a handful of these. Uh, so, Hunter, what promissory note are you most likely to regret giving away? Um. It's hard not to say stymie. Um, yep. I think it's 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 a toss up between stymie and gift of the prescience. Yeah, I definitely agree there. I think we even had this argument the other day when we were prepping this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to I want to say stymie is the one you will like regret right away. You just should have never given away in the first place. But the impact of what gift of the prescience will do to you of like you could have had the win and now you completely gave away the win to somebody else that hurts more than anything in the world. So mm-hmm. I think the the level of regret you will feel from that is greater. You yeah. will, you will hurt more from giving out gift of the prescience, not lose promissory note. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh most likely to start a bidding war. This ooh, one's interesting. Most likely to start a bidding war. I think the obvious choice is sort of research agreement. No, I don't think so. You don't think so? Okay, well, I, I'll, I'll toss out research agreement of well, like, I think when, when especially like round one, if I'm Jolnar and I'm saying, hey, I'm going to do hypermetabolism, who wants research agreement? I think you're going to get people who are like, oh, 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 me. Um, yeah, I think there's a few, there's a few tech that fall under that category of like, oh, they want it very badly. Um, yeah, if you if you do it that way and you like you're putting the tech out there, yes. you, you could start a bidding war that way. But I was thinking like the other, the thing that's weird about research agreement is that it's very good, but also like you can you just peddle it so much, right. you'll get it eventually. <laughs> so like I, I think if people were were you would have to have two factions that very desperately needed the same tech right yes. now, right? And that's and then in that that's situation, yeah, that's a bit tricky. That's not all like. Not every faction is like, oh, I desperately need hypermetabolism and I'll pay right. anything to get it right now. Uh, right. If I was Muat, oh my God, I would pay anything yeah. to have hypermetabolism <laughs> early. That would Round be amazing. One. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, like I don't, it it just depends. I think like a bidding war to me sort of suggests that like it's something that when you put it out there, everybody's going to be like, oh, I want to be the one to get that. And I yeah. actually think Fires of the Gashlight kind of has that potential hmm. in it. Of like, if you're willing yeah. to, if, you, if you're know. Mua and you're in a will, you're willing to sell it, nobody's going to be like, well, I absolutely don't, like, because yeah. I don't want to be the one that didn't get War Sons. You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. Because Muat putting it out there is meaning that now somebody else is going to have War Sons in addition to Muat. And I might not even want War Sons, but I just don't want to be the one. I don't want to be the one without it. Yeah. 
Maybe. I don't know. I just think it's still such a hard sell to like convince myself to get War Sons. I think I would just if if Muat was trying to start a bidding war, mm-hmm. I feel like I would just be like, nah, you're not it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen here. I, d- I just mean in that situation that like anybody would want it. It's not yeah. like even Gift of the Prescience wouldn't really start a bidding war because not everybody is going to need it right yeah. away, you know? Right. Um my other one to throw out there would just be Hakan's trade convoys. Yeah, uh, especially in a world where there's like two or three four commodity factions at the table, they all will kind of benefit from having it. And because it's a one time use, this is your only shot at getting it. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I see that a little bit. I'll talk more about that card in a minute. Uh, let's talk about the most underrated. I feel like we agree because we brought it up, but I, I'm going to say Sardak Norris. I think Sardak Norris is the most Tech-lar underrated. Legion, way it is underrated. a great really very very good promissory note that is not utilized enough yep. people don't buy it enough and sardak doesn't sell it enough yep yep uh underrated it's worth more than than people pay for it it's uh it's a it's a clutch card that's why people yeah. underrate it is they it doesn't sound that good but right. this is a very clutch situation in which it is useful yeah. um and yeah i th- i think it's I think it's helpful. I, I, if you're in a game with a Sardak Nor, basically at any point you can get morale boost for your infantry. Yep. And which is the most the most important time to have a morale boost. That's sure. like the main morale boost you want. Yeah. Um. And so like because of that potential, you need to just be factoring that in. Like, well, I could always try and buy Teclar Legion. Yep. Yep. Um. And they're probably they're a poor faction depending on like if. We, I feel like I've just been seeing a lot of Sardak games lately where like they yeah. get way ahead somehow. Yeah. Um, but that if they're happening, but if they're not in that position, then like they're, you know, you're probably going to be able to like bargain get with it. them for it. So, right. Right. And so finally, let's do our last one. Hunter, what is your most overrated promissory? Note? Trade sounds convoys. Like, yeah. sounds like you were going to trade convoys. I think, <laughs> and I actually think it's partly my fault because I think at one point I was trying to make the argument that trade convoys was worth, promise of protection i don't yeah. know why i don't feel that way anymore um and i i don't think that i think adjacency is easy in a lot of situations and i think uh trade convoys is there's just i it's nice that it's a stall and and it's one of those situations where i think the hakan probably needs like I don't know. There, there's something we've been running into that we don't have a term for yet, and I want to. I wish we had figured it out within this episode. We never really quite nailed it, but I think there's a situation where it. So when you give out a promissory note, a lot of them kind of hurt you, the person that gave it out, a little bit. Yep. Um, which means that it kind of needs to clear a certain value threshold in order to yes. be worth it to give it out, and yep. then the other person needs it to clear a certain value threshold for it to be useful for them. Like if, if I right. have to pay everything for trade convoys, it's not really doesn't end up being worth. Like if I had to Defeats pay too much purpose. for it, so I think that some of these cards have a problem of like those things don't sync up. Yeah, and I think trade convoys has that issue when we're talking about the factions that could really use it, like Arborek, where. Hakan, I think, needs to get a little more than Arborette can afford to pay in order for yeah. trade convoys to make sense. Is that right? Work? That does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to throw mine out, and I did not feel this way before today, but our conversation about political favor made me start to th- actually think that political favor is worthless. Yeah, I don't uh, think and, it's good. I, And myself was overrating it. I was trying to find value in there, but it's it's the Mentac problem of you, just, you can use that ability without ever giving out that card. That mm-hmm. card serves no purpose. Well, you don't it just, need it. it. 
it codifies it. I think in Mentax, in 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 the Mentax situation, it, there's a dimension there that isn't present with political right. favor, just in the nature of the for sure, and it makes political rules. favor worse. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I think it's I, I think if you are rating political favor at all, you've already over uh, rated it because it's yeah, because you not there's no value. You already have your bargaining chip, which is that you can quash. Right. And so why would you I don't, give that I mean, up ahead of time? Why wouldn't you just wait to get paid when it matters? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I would I would rather just keep all the uh, you know the I, I feel like I'm like really not riffing good today like my brain is not pumping the word my my word factory is failing me every time i reach for a word this episode i feel like i've been like wait what how do i talk What's about anything <laughs> yeah so I, I don't even know what i was gonna well say. before before we break your word machine let's jump out of here we can fix your word machine and mm-hmm. we'll come back in the errata with a with a newly repaired word machine yeah love say? it love it love it All right, guys, welcome to the Errata. We went ahead and updated my operating system. I'm at Windows 98 now, which is great. Uh, I've gotten a lot smarter, uh, and I uh, know about a lot of late 90s stuff that I didn't know about before, uh, including Final Fantasy VII, which I've been playing on my Nintendo Switch. Welcome to Video Game Corner. Um, (laughs) We're going to talk about how fun it is to play any games on the Nintendo Switch. It's more fun than anywhere else you played it. It's more fun. And here's what it is, guys. And I feel like they're not even pushing this enough. You can sleep with your game. Basically, <laughs> you can lay in bed with your game. Hunter, and just kind we've of already, this is already one of those long episodes we said we'd stop doing. Our, Let's do some real errata. All right. Well, why don't you shut up and stop wasting our time? Uh, <laughs> our first errata comes from Joe Pinion. Joe Pinion. I love that name. That's great. Uh, sounds to me like people are treating support for the throne swaps like sort of permanent alliances, but there's nothing on the card that commands that. I'd much rather just make an alliance with my neighbor and sell my support for the throne to someone else. The card is a bet. You're betting me two trade goods and a planet or whatever that you can get to nine points before anyone else wins without attacking me. If you win the bet, you win the game. If you lose the bet, I keep your stuff and you gain nothing. So this is about support for the throne. Uh, I am confused I, uh, I disagree by with this. Yeah. Here, here's the way I think about this is I, I agree. And this is kind of how I used to think about support for the thrones and why I hate swapping them because I don't I don't want to I don't want to make that bet. I don't want to give up the support for the throne because I don't want to have someone being able to lord that over me. Now, the whole reason people do support for the throne swaps is it makes that a two-way street. Mm-hmm. That's why it happens. It happens because if I just give you a support for the throne, you get to lord that over me and that sucks. But if we swap support for the thrones, we both lord it over each other. Yes. It's not to say it is definitely making us allies, but we have the same lack of incentive to attack each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. And that's what is required. Yeah, uh, I, and and more importantly, we talked last week about the whole idea that once one team makes the swap, everybody starts making that swap, and you just you you don't want to be caught in a situation where you're making a swap that you don't like. Uh, and something else that kind of plays off the same topic is we didn't talk about five player games last week. Getting support for the throne swaps done early in five player games is crucial. Yep, yep. Because the first two people to do it will do it. 
And then the second two people will be like, oh, we should probably do it. And if you're the fifth player, you now are never getting a support for the throne. And you, can, you only have a support for them to give up, which means you're going to find some weird way to give it up. And that's never a fun situation to be in. So in five player games, get do the support for the throne swap as soon as possible. If only because it is the meta play. It's the thing people do and you need to get ahead of it. Can I ask a question though? Cause I'm, I'm a little confused about something that Joe Pinion said here. Joe Pinion mm-hmm. said, I'd much rather just make an alliance with my neighbor and sell my support for the throne to someone else. Yeah. Do, do they mean like an informal, like, yeah, they do. Allies. And it's, that's why it's nothing. Right. It's, it's yeah. worth even less. If you're saying support for the throne doesn't make you permanent allies, your counter arguments, that was even less of a chance of a permanent ally. Yeah. Uh, there's just there's just nothing that secures it. Support for the throne secures it the best, and you are right to say it doesn't secure it. Yeah. But it, it, it is the best at it. It, it, it yeah, it definitely it, it's definitely it's not even an alliance. It's just a mutually assured destruction to a yeah. to a to a light extent. Right. It's like it's it's just you saying if we fight, it hurts us both. Um and that's that's it. That's the end that's of the story. That's all you can ask there, for. There's there's no there's no allied victory in right. Twilight Imperium. So there's no there's no positive function of alliances. It's just right. you know I help you a little bit and you help me a little bit, uh, and now we just kind of have to figure out how to make this work. Um, right. The next one is from Seven. When I give out a political secret, I prioritize getting it back very quickly. Offer to use all of your votes but one on any agenda to get the secret back in your hands. I like this idea of sort of gaming political secret of like trying to sell the idea that you're like all in favor of one direction, whether you are or not. It's a very seven thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like we had seven in the tournament. If you know anything about seven, he's just this he's kind of bombastic. He's going to he's going to bluff you. He's going to change the deal uh stuff like that and this is this is a thing i can see him doing and a thing i can see myself doing which is to say you get it out there and there's no value in them being able to actually use it effectively you don't want that to happen to you so you need to start lying about your preferences on agendas if you know that they're going to actually agree with you you need to make that bluff of like no i really want the shard of x you know i want i want to do the terrible thing because i hate everyone mm-hmm. well hopefully that means they'll give you they'll kick you out of the vote right yeah i i i like that i think this is a smart way to make use of political secret it's a little like you know i'm it's th- this is a good way to like go further um yeah it's but, it's also an extra step that yeah. you might never get to it's kind of just like a, well yeah you could try to take it that far but how often is that going to be a thing yeah uh, but more importantly uh, Strongkowski had some stuff to say about political secret, and I think it's really important to add to our definition of it. He said, listening to this talk about political secret is blowing my mind. You guys are talking about how little it is worth. That's like the exact opposite of our meta. It's the complete opposite. You guys were talking about how throwing it in as an add-on, it's worth less than a single trade good. It's In my group, it's impossible to get. It might not do anything for the person getting it, but it can really hurt the person giving it a political secret in our group is almost worth a point because that's how much you would have to pay to get it. And what he didn't really say there is nobody pays it. That's sort of the point in their group. Political secret never gets sold. It's the stymie problem. Mm -hmm. It's like it hurts you more than it gains anyone, anything. So you need to sell it for a lot and nobody's going to pay that price because it gives them no guarantee. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I, 
Why? Wait, why? I see, <laughs> I see why. I, basically, what we were trying to say is we always, like, attach political secret to, like, we were saying, it's, it's you know, it's kind of the thing I throw in there as a little extra incentive to mm-hmm. maybe convince someone to do something because it's not worth very much right. to them. Giving it to them, they're not going to pay very much, so we offer very little. But that's kind of the wrong way to think about it because the fact that it's going to hurt you so badly means why would you give it up for so little? You're, it's gonna, it could crush you. It could yeah, absolutely a, that, ruin your life. It's literally so you only never the, give it out. I get it. Okay, so so seven is basically saying like give out political secret and then try and force a situation where they're going to want to use political secret on right. you. And Stronkowski is saying like, yeah, this is something you're giving up that only hurts you. Uh, that's a little bit, that's interesting though, because that's kind of, I feel like that's a little bit of tunnel vision because there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of times that you would use political secret on somebody, but not necessarily because it's going to hurt them just because you're trying to take over this vote right now. Right. Like if I had anybody's political secret and an agenda came out that I felt anything about, I would be like, I'm going to play political secret just because like, Oh, it's an opportunity to do it. Um, Maybe so. And, and that's I not think necessarily... that's us undervaluing it. Hmm. Maybe. I, I, I don't, don't know. know. I, I I see the argument. Maybe maybe I, we're just not using it the way that he uses it. But right. Cause, that's cause, the problem. Because for me, for me, the way political secret works is basically like this. If I get it, um, then the only time I would use it is if I wanted to shut someone out because we were probably going to pick an agenda that was going to hurt them. Yeah, or much more likely, just an agenda came out that I wanted to to win. So I'm gonna just try and cut out as many people as possible. So I'm right. gonna just play it, and and just because the agenda is going to help me doesn't mean that it is gonna be devastating for them. You know right. what I mean? That's all I'm saying. Right. That's sort of the part that I I agree with is what Stronkowski is sort of saying is the worst case scenario. Yeah. It could cut yes. you out of a mutiny vote and that sucks. Yeah. Uh, but more often than not, someone might cut you out of a vote that you didn't care about anyways. And it ended up going the way you would have voted if you had been in it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so it's, it is tricky to say. Um, and I think that's why that dichotomy exists of why some people value it very, very little. And some are like, uh, you should just never sell it ever. Um, and it's because of that. It's just, it really comes down to, what your meta has considered. But I think Strunkowski has the right of it just in terms of like how people should consider it and what, how, how seriously people should take political secret. But the fact that so many people don't makes it easier to deal. Like because you can lean into the fact that people probably aren't going to only use it to crush all of your hopes and dreams. It makes it more valuable. Hmm. So I- it's, it's a, it's a weird little meta play. I think this is actually a really good errata that we, we haven't gotten an errata like this in a while that's kind of been yeah. like, hey, you guys are way over here on this thing, uh, but I think on the continuum, maybe you guys should be closer to way where I'm at. Other side. And, yeah. and I, I, I think it's this is kind of a situation of the truth kind of the truth lies between us kind of deal. I think um, so. I think, I think this is a little, from what Stronkowski is describing, it sounds a little too nuclear, but I think we've maybe been way too laissez-faire with it. So for sure. Yeah. That, that's what, if anything, that's what Stronkowski convinced me of is like, I need to quit just adding political secret to a deal as like an extra trade good. That is not good. That's not yeah. a good way to think about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, but there's always that chance that... <laughs> there's always a chance like, that you'll get the thing you th- really want. Th- there's always that chance that... it's that it, You know what it is? It's too much random number generator for our brains, basically. So we're like, <laughs> maybe listen... So. Well, it I depends need... on what you're getting out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it's a bidding war, that's I think that's the problem. Is political secret to me is my tool for when I'm in a bidding war. I almost never just offer political secret. But when I'm clutch with someone else... I'll throw my political secret in and hopefully that sways the tide. And in theory, what I'm trying to get, the reason I'm having a bidding war is because that thing is very, very valuable to me. Mm-hmm. And it's not the highest odds that this political secret is going to get used against me on something that hurts me as bad as what I'm gaining from it right now. Yeah. So that's the that's the or in, that's the random number generator you're dealing with. Is, right. Is do you're, you're you're hedging your bets. So Again, it falls somewhere in between both of us. Whew. Yep. This right. is a long episode. We haven't had a long episode in a while. Yeah. If you liked this long episode, why don't you rate it on your podcast app of choice, especially Apple iTunes or uh, Apple Podcasts and iTunes. You can also follow us at Space Cats Pod on Twitter, Space Cats Peace Turtles on Facebook. You can email us plays of the week at spacecatspeaceturtles at gmail.com. You can find our posts every week on the Twilight Imperium subreddit. You can join our Patreon to be a part of votes that led to episodes like this one. This originated as a Galactic Council episode. It's sort of Ooh, like and a also two- make sure we keep to having- vote. Make sure to vote on game two. Yes, vote on game two. two. That's what the Patreon will allow you to do. We're going to knock off another game next week, uh, and then we'll be down to three. Uh, You can join our Discord for fun conversations and to get some of your Patreon benefits. I am Hunter Donaldson, and I am a comedian in Portland, Oregon, and you can see me every single Thursday at Earthquake Hurricane at Ford Food and Drink. The show starts at 8 o'clock. And also, you can check out my Sunday night show, Comedy is Everything, which is at Alberta Street Pub every Sunday starting at 9. That is, that's a good one. That show's been really great lately, too. We've had uh, big turnouts, lots of really good comedians, and even a fan of the show showed up the last week, so it was great. Yeah. Um, I want to thank some space kitties. I want to thank Billy, T.G. Welch, Yin for Life, Patience is a Virtue, Naderade, Jimbov, and Umar. All right. Remember when I sang that on stream and everybody treated me like I was crazy? I had a hundred people gaslight me. I remember and I'll never forget. Space Cats Toy Story 4, the movie... In 3D. Toy Story 4 in 3D. <laughs> Toy Story 4D. Why, why are they cowards and didn't go for that? I want to yeah. see Toy Story 4D. I'm uh, so, No, I, actually, I want to stop this recording because I want to go watch... I might go watch that movie right... Like, literally right now. Toy Story 3? I'm... Four. I'm totally... I'm to- <laughs> I'm totally down to... Oh, okay. No. Toy Story 3? <laughs> no, I want to go see Toy Story 3 again. <laughs> uh, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, I want to go watch Toy Story 4 as well, but I also kind of just want to rewatch the entire saga. Because let me tell you guys, Toy Story is underrated for just how good it is. Like, everybody loves Toy Story, right? But, like, it's it's very good. When you really dig into the lore, man, does it really open wide. It's got a deep lore and also like, what's going on with these toys? Why are they talking? They haven't <laughs> even explained that yet. <laughs> They've never explained why the toys I'm talk. hoping they're going to explain why the toys talk because I don't get it. I'm ready for them to connect the Pixar multiverse. Yes. Uh, and really show us why the emotions talk and why the cars talk. Yeah. And why the dinosaurs talk. Yeah. Yeah, and why the bugs talk. 
and why the people, why the Irish people talk. Yeah, why the, why are Irish people talking? You know what I mean? Why do they have feelings? I didn't know that. Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum.